from Psalms 23 verse 6. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what does that mean? You know, if you look at the if you look at what's going on in Psalm 23, what you see is that you know it's it's almost a picture of God being with a person. It's it's God guiding a person through life. It's God being everything to that person. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? Um, he makes me lie down, he leads me, he restores my soul. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Essentially, it's, it covers a lot of the things that happens in our lives. From the personal aspect of our lives to when we are in the presence of people. Right? It, in a sense, also covers from when we are young and children to when we are much older. Right? Um, so the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. So, you know, when when you're being made to lie down, it, it, you're first of all, it's not you're being made by force, right? It, it's something that you're submitting. You know, you make yourself humble, you make yourself small, right? You accept. There are some animals that are not for shepherding, you know, you, you just cannot. But then the nature of the sheep is that they are for shepherding. You know, if you try to shepherd them, you will have some success because they're not, they're not rough animals. They're not stubborn animals. They're, they're quite easygoing. They're looking to be led in a sense. And so you see in Psalm 23, this aspect of from the small, but then also to the old. And the old is, uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Right? So all the days of my life includes, again, from the beginning, but also to when I get old. But also it says here, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, not many children have enemies. and I mean, they have some, but typically enemies are... Uh, a thing of old age right so Psalm 23 really covers a broad spectrum of time so from this moment in time when we are really low and humble which is what we are supposed to be anyways um, but then also as we grow and as we progress in age and throughout all of this the Shepherd is always there but it's interesting that if you read verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, he writes this at a time when he's grown up, right? He's an adult. He's, he's, he's responsible for his actions. He's not a child anymore. And so from that point, he's saying, Surely goodness and mercies will follow me all the days of my life. But it doesn't necessarily mean only from that time and then going forward. He means all. So actually, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. That's from when he was born 
to the end, all the days of my life. All. It's a hopeful saying as well. It's like, you know, you know what? I trust God that all the days of my life, he will be with me. Goodness and mercy will be with me. Surely, surely, for sure. It's like, I'm sure, right? It's a funny way of saying it, but essentially, it's it's a hopeful prayer, surely, right? But then also, it's it's a statement of fact. And for us reading it, because we are reading something that was said in the past, we believe in that, and it applies all the days of our lives. But also, you know, as Christians, we have this thing where we, we talk about how God is not a respecter of person, right? We, and we oftentimes also pray using that idea, that principle. Well, it's much the same. If God's goodness and mercy will follow King David here all the days of his life, then we can also legitimately expect the same. If we are here today, God's goodness and mercy has been with us. There's a scripture that says, it is of the mercies of the Lord that we are not consumed. It's because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is his faithfulness. Right, so even that we are here is of the mercies of the Lord. So that mercy has always been since we were born up until now. Since we breathed our first breath, it was there up until now. You know, the basis by which God has mercy is his love. The basis for mercy is love. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about if I have this, but I don't, you know, if, if I do this and I do this, if I sing with the voice of angels and do this and do this, but I don't have, it's worthless. And what's that thing? It's love. That applies to God too, as well as it applies to us. Everything that God does for us is first based on love. Let's go back to Psalm 23. So it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All. And so if God is not a respecter of persons, that also applies to us. So that means that if we fulfill some of the requirements in Psalm 23, we can legitimately expect that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. But can I also say that even those who don't believe that God is their shepherd, God is good to them and God is merciful to them. So actually, in a sense, Psalm 23 also applies to them because nobody is alive by their own strength. Nobody is alive by their own might. Nobody is alive by their own doing. Nobody is alive by the so-called goodness of the devil or the goodness of any force of evil. No one is independent of God. So actually, surely goodness and mercy will follow me 
all the days of my life. That means that God's goodness and mercy is upon every single person alive. If you really read that verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It means that all the days of my life, it is supposed to be that goodness and mercy will follow me. It is supposed to be that way. All, it didn't say since I became a Christian. It says all. But the fact of it is that nobody is born a Christian. So if it's saying all the days of my life, it means it applies to everyone. The Bible says in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. At some point, eh, whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. At some point. But first, all have sinned and fallen short. So surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life applies to everyone. God's mercy applies to everyone. Because if it didn't apply to some, it means that they are existing independent of God. Based on something they are doing themselves. Okay, so if we then go back again. That means that when God created Adam and Eve, he created them to have goodness and mercy from the very beginning. That means that everybody from the moment they were born, they have goodness and mercy with them, on them, affecting them. How? So let's open our Bibles then. Let's open our Bibles to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Is a lovely scripture. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. It's a few books down from Psalms. Easy to find if you have the Bible app, but if you have your physical Bible, it's also not too bad to find. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. It says, Oh, please read it for me. Thank you. The Lord. The Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying ye, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with love kindness have drawn thee. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Who is everlasting in this life? God. So that means the love that God has loved us with has existed just as long as he has. God is everlasting. The love is everlasting. Even before we were born, he loved us. That's what everlasting means. I have loved you with an everlasting love. So that means when we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Before the days of your life started, the love was there. So the basis, the basis, the foundation of goodness and mercy is love. And everlasting love means everlasting goodness and everlasting mercy. God is always loving and God is always good and God is always merciful. Always. Now, someone can fall sick. Um, someone can pass away 
and for us it's sad, but that they fall sick or that they pass away does not mean God stopped being good to them. It also does not mean that God stopped being merciful to them. We need to be aware not to use the circumstances that happen in our lives to define who God is. Instead, we use God to define the circumstance. This is what's going through right now. I'm not feeling the best. My cousin is not feeling the best. But God is good. And God is plenteous in mercy. And God is a healer. Not, I'm not feeling well, that means God is not good. Not, I lost my family member, that means God is not good. Okay, we'll, we'll continue. Let's go to Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. So it says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. For by grace ye are saved. And this is just making the same point. God who is rich in mercy. For his great love. Right? So we need to establish actually what comes first here. We've said it's love, but we need to establish this. So, but God who is rich in mercy. Why is he rich in mercy? Because of his love, which he loved us with. The love leads to the mercy. And if God loves with everlasting love, that means that mercy never ends. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, that mercy existed even when we were sinners. When did we start to become sinners? As soon as we were born. For all have sinned. It came from Adam and Eve. Right? Everyone born sinful let's read it it says it but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us that mercy existed and verse 5 even when we were dead in sins that love existed even when we were dead in sins but now he has quickened us together with christ so that's for those who say, actually, you know what? I give my life to Christ. But before, before you give your life to Christ, that mercy and that love in verse 4 exists. So when Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It is true. Even before you give your life to Christ, God's goodness and God's mercy has always been with you, whether you feel it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. Because if it was not with you, that means you have been existing independent of God. That means you got here all on your own. That means when you smile, it was actually you that made yourself happy. That means when you are filled with joy, it's because of you. But no, 
It's because of God's love. The love leads to mercy and goodness and faithfulness and kindness and every other thing we enjoy. Let's continue. Let's go to Lamentations chapter 3. So we are doing some nice spiritual exercise here. We touch a little bit in the Old Testament and then we go to the New Testament and then back again. So Lamentations. Now this one is a little bit harder to find, but it's in the Old Testament. And if you have your phone, then obviously it's, it's much easier. Lamentations. Lamentations is after Jeremiah. After Jeremiah. And it's written by Jeremiah. So Lamentations chapter 3. And I'm sure everyone probably knows where I'm going to read from. Verse 22 and 23. It says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. This is exactly what we're talking about. And this scripture does not apply. Let me say it another way. If this scripture was only for Christians, it's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Then you look at somebody who's a non-Christian, it's like, by whose mercy are you existing? Why do I need God then? I'll just do what you're doing. Why do I pay my tithes then? I'll just do what you're doing. Right? But actually, it is by the Lord's mercy that we all are not consumed because his compassions fail not. So the love leads to all these other things, mercies, compassions. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So this mercy, again, every morning, again, more. This compassion more. Okay. Let's move on. Let's go to Luke. And if somebody is there, I guess I want to read for me. Luke chapter 18. And we read 35 to 43. And it came to pass that he was come night unto Jericho. A certain blind man sat by the wayside begin. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it means. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the, the, so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, and Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus, and Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And Immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying 
God, and all the people when they saw it gave praise unto God. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I think that scripture really says a lot. It explains really what we are trying to say. So Jesus was passing by, and there was this man who was blind, and he heard that Jesus was on the way, and he was like, "You know what? This is my chance." It might be the only chance I get. And he shouted, Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. If you're going through something today, if you know somebody who's going through something today, you can say to God, Have mercy on me. The fact of it is that God shows mercy to us whether we know it or not, whether we accept it or not. But there is also certain times when we have to ask, Lord, this is who I am. This is what I'm going through. Have mercy on me. It's not that he didn't already have mercy on him. Remember, it is of the mercy of the Lord that we are not consumed. So what is this? What is this? What is this have mercy on me that he's saying? Now, people heard him and they're like, stop. Hold your peace. It's okay. Shh, 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 shh. Don't disturb him. Jesus is busy. He didn't come for people like you. That's what a lack of mercy looks like. That's what people say when they can't help you. But when you ask God, have mercy on me. Verse 41, it says, What do you want me to do for you? What will you have that I should do for you? When people hear it, like, shh, 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 just, you're, you're, you're not, things are not going well for you, just manage it. Just keep your peace. That's not the response of God. The response of God is, What will you have me do for you? In this, what, what, what is it? You, you're calling me. What is it that I can do for you? And he told them that I might receive my sight. And Jesus replied unto him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. That last part is very important. Your faith has saved you. But he already had the mercy. If you already have it, why do you need to show faith? If you already have it, why do you have to ask for it? The asking is a proof of relationship. The asking is a proof that you understand that you can have it, that it's yours, that this is not what you were made for. This is not who you were made to be. The asking shows fate, your fate. That, that you thought, actually, I need, to, I need to tell him to have, I need his mercy. I need to tell him. People were telling me, stop, but I need to tell him. It's a proof of faith. It's a proof of relationship. It's a proof that you understand what is yours, what you can have. It's the same surely in Psalm 23, surely. I'm sure he said to himself, every time he was here and Jesus was doing, doing things, surely, surely mercy is mine too. 
Surely mercy is mine as well. Surely I can have that too. Surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely. Yes, it can. This sounds like somebody who has encouraged himself. Encouraged himself in the Lord. Surely. Now, in our time, Jesus won't be walking in front physically of our door. Right? So, there is a sense that in this, he could have actually said this prayer and received this healing the way that we pray nowadays. But Jesus is around. Jesus was around and that's why you ask in front of him. You shout, Jesus, please. But now he's not walking in front of a door. So we have to pray. But it's the same fate. It's the same fate. The requirement for faith doesn't end. Whether Jesus is in front of you or whether he's in heaven. That he said it. He didn't... Maybe he wondered at some point, why, why am I blind? Why is this happening to me? But he didn't use it to say, oh, God is a bad person. God is not good. No, no. He took it to say, okay, God can have mercy. God can show mercy. And once I see him, I will ask him that. Now, in the New Testament, if you want to get to the Father, you, you go through Jesus. In those days, you had to go to the high priest. Well, Jesus was in front of him, so he asked. But now, us, we go to your prayer closet and you pray. We all have access. The same access that somebody says, I'm a sinner, forgive me. And he is forgiven. It's the same access anybody can say, Lord, I need healing. It is the same. It's not a different, oh, okay, you need healing. Okay, well, you need to do it a different way then. You need to fill out this different form. No, it's the same God you're talking to. Have mercy on me. He believed in mercy. If there's anybody who is in need of a life-changing answer, you need to believe in mercy. The other time we talked about hope, Today we're talking about mercy. That mercy is available for all. And there are times when you have to ask. Lamentations 3.23 says, new every morning. Ask. Okay, Lord, I need today's, today's dose. Have mercy on me. So I said, the mercy is a proof of personal relationship. Relationship. You can have it because you know, you know this person, you know who he is, you know what he's like. He's not mean. He doesn't want to see you perish. It's a proof of fate. But also when the people were telling him, stop, 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 he didn't stop. He shouted the more. And that's really actually what I want to talk about. You were meant for more. You were made for more. Since Adam and Eve and everything that happened in that garden, the world that we live in is not the same you know when all that happened actually let's go let's let's go to genesis and i think that's where we'll finish in genesis 3 17. so it says and unto adam he said behold thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten out a tree of which i commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it so this is what will happen now curse is the ground for your sake and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of your life 
18. Tongues and thistles shall I bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. 19. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Says so that verse 17, Thou shalt not eat of the curse of the ground for thy sake. Ever since what happened in Genesis, things haven't been the same. The ground is cursed. What does that mean? Like, whatever they were eating in, in, in the Garden of Eden, we're eating a fraction of it. What they had back then is nothing like what it is now. They had it so much better. Life has changed a lot. That's what sin does. Nobody right now is living the life that God really intended for them to live. And you must not settle. Nobody is... The fullness is still to come. But this isn't really what was intended. People weren't supposed to be sick. This wasn't God's plan. People weren't supposed to die. But because of sin, God said it, you will have to return to the ground. Blind Bartimaeus, he wasn't supposed to be blind. But that's just life and the way it's progressed because of sin. But if like blind Bartimaeus, you say to yourself, I've had enough. You need, to, you need to get to a stage where you say, actually, I know there is more to life. I want more than this. And nobody stops you. They tell you, shh, you, you say, you know, I know there is more. I know there is better. That's what, when he shouted more, it's like, I, I know, I know, life can be better than this. Have mercy on me. And all of us, all of us can feel that way. All of us can access that. All of us can have that. More. Don't settle for this life as it is. Don't settle for the pain. Don't settle for the heartache. Don't settle for the sickness. Don't settle for disappointment. You can have more. Because blind Batimius got more. So, whatever it is, ask for more. It's not something that we have to do to achieve or you know it's simply ask the goodness the mercy it's already there you're enjoying it as you are now and there's more there is more i don't know if in any way you're going through something where you have settled where you're like you know what that's this is just the way it is well today now just like blind batimias Say to God, Lord, concerning this situation, Jesus, Son of David, Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy upon me. Now, you say this and you need to wait to hear because Bartimaeus, he heard something. What will you have me do? We can't just say this and not hear back and okay, why, why, what, why did God not do it? What did he say first? Because he said first, what will you have me do? Then blind Bartimaeus replied that I have my sight. Then Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has made you whole. And then he received the sight and then he was glorifying God. But there was a few conversations that happened. Please don't forget the conversation. Remember, have mercy on me is about relationship. It's about faith. But also it's about there's more to this life than this. So let's pray that, Lord, concerning this situation, whatever it is, you say to him, 
have mercy on me. Because you love me. Because of your mercy. Because your goodness is mine. Surely. Lord, have mercy upon me. For your great love which you loved us with. Even when we were dead in sin and trespasses, you resurrected us. You quickened us together with Christ Jesus. Lord, that same love, that same mercy, have mercy upon me. In Jesus' name. Okay, so I'll just I'll pass on to somebody to pray for us. But uh, I'll just encourage you. Um, God has more in stock for us. And, and when what you have has run out, and if it has run out, there's more. If the mercy that you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis, you know, is not sufficient, there is more. If there's goodness and it's like, oh, actually, I need to see your goodness in this area, Lord, there is more. So don't be afraid. Don't limit God. Don't use your situation to define who God is. Let who God is define the possibility of your situation. God is a good God. So this situation can turn to be so much better than it is now. In Jesus' name. So I'll just ask...